This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. When it got to this part, Brian like moaned. <laughs> Not in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. I'm Stacey Kulo. We're comedians. And a couple. And I recently finished watching Gilmore Girls, one of Stacey's favorite shows. And I recently finished watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows. We watched both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we went. And now we're watching Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life, as well as reading the Buffy comics. And this week we watched A Year in the Life, Summer. Oh boy, a lot of drama. Yeah, this is a, kind of a lot in this episode that was like, what? You know what I realized? No. I don't think Kirk was in this one. That's a shame. Right? Yeah, He's I can't. Ben in the so. other two, and I can promise you he'll be in the next one. Maybe he was doing a Marvel movie during that time. Maybe. Yeah, this is the, the least liked, according to IMDb, okay. of the four. I didn't hate it by no, any means. I didn't either. I knew it contained a few things that people really, really dislike. Sure. But There's some funny stuff, though. It too. is really funny. Mm-hmm. Including some of the things people dislike. <laughs> it's funnier than I remembered. What I will say, and we will talk about, is that this is just like a classic, obvious example of like the show's continuity being terrible. It's like it's it's bad within the within the episode itself. Oh yeah, there's a couple things. I, we watched it twice. I don't know that I noticed the one thing the first time around. But we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We're being vague to keep you interested. What's new with you, Brian? If we're being honest, it's been a day since we did the last podcast recording. Our upstairs neighbors are like bouncing up and down. I don't know if you can hear that in your room, but they're jumping In your up and room down. Okay. or your outside block. You guys, you are. <laughs> I was talking to you, Stacey. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit I did, yeah. I couldn't tell what their activity was, but if you can tell it's bouncing up and down, I believe you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for, for you guys, it's been two weeks. For us, it's been like 24 hours. So what's new with us? Uh, I made some salads this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, we had grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. We did do kind of a fun thing. We are going to be filming some games of Blood on the Clock Tower. Some people that we know from New York that are big into the game, that actually were the first people we played with, reached out to see if we'd be interested in gathering a group of comedian types to play some games on camera. And we reached out to a friend of ours who is very good with camera stuff and editing, and he's very excited about it. So we're, we're going to make a little production out of this. Yeah. We went through what the cameras would look like, where we're going to have to put like, microphones and stuff. It's it's going to be awesome, actually. Yeah. We're actually going to be filming that about five days after this episode drops. So by the time you're hearing this, it's about to happen. I hope we're ready. Yeah. Also, like, happy Halloween. It's coming up next week. We're not going to have a Halloween episode. We better think of costumes, Brian. We've got... A month. Yeah, this might be the year of Tim Curry. Yeah, we've we've been really trying to do this Tim Curry party. We maybe even talked about it. This is like our third Halloween. I'm sure we have. Guys. Just a party where everyone dresses up as whatever version of Tim Curry they want to be. Yeah. Well, I don't have any five-star views, unfortunately. We may have some between now and when this comes out, but um, since we did them all yesterday, we haven't gotten any new ones. Uh, what I will say is, though, some people have reached out with advice for our Italy trip, and that's been really helpful. So thank you for all the people that have done that. Yeah, we are back now from that trip by the time you're hearing this, but your advice, we read it and we maybe used it. 
It was great, except for that one thing. I can't mm-hmm. believe you guys told us to do that. It didn't oh, work man. out at all. We should not have gone to that place with the snakes. <laughs> yeah. Why did you suggest snakes? They were cheap, though. Since we have no real updates, what I will say is that um, I watched a TikTok about lemurs who take <laughs> bites of millipedes or centipedes, just the, the big old ones, because the poison that the centipedes have like gets them high. I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, they get high of them. Yeah, lemurs are crazy, man. I'm not judging those lemurs. I'm not judging them. You no. do you. No, I, I, I probably do something they think is weird. Like this. Centipedes. Podcast. In moderation. <laughs> okay. Should we talk about it? There's so much to cover. Yeah. Brian, could you just briefly, quickly summarize Summer? Yes. It's about Rory feeling lost and not knowing what to do since she's pretty much failed at all of the opportunities she had for jobs, even the one that she was really reluctant to take. And so she's sort of just adrift trying to find purpose and a job. And this episode is about her journey into finding that, but also that's going to culminate into a big fight with Lorelai and her. It's, I mean, this episode honestly is just about Lorelai's life falling apart as well. Yeah. Neither of them are doing great at the end of this. Neither of them doing great. They're fighting. Luke and Lorelai are fighting. Emily is maybe moving on from Richard now. She's also like drowning right now in like depression and like not knowing what to do. It's so funny you say drowning. Drowning is correct. Yeah. Do you want to say it right? No. I want to say it the way I say it. Oh, okay. There's, yeah, there's Grounding. no D. No D. There should be. A lot of people think there is, and there's not. So that's the summary of what's going on. Everyone with Gilmore as their last name falling apart. Especially Richard. He's decomposed a decent amount. At this Quite point. literally falling apart. Not to mention his headstone has Gilmore written on it. That's falling apart. Okay. Let's do a, a deep dive. Let's do it. So it opens at the pool. Stars Hall has a pool. Did you know? I uh, did not know. They're at the pool. Lorelai and Rory have become pool people. Lorelai is like maybe reading the book Wild. That's going to be important later. We never see her read it. We just see her with the book. I didn't necessarily even clock it that she was reading a particular book. I did because I remember when I was watching this thinking that Lorelai isn't much of a reader. So I was like, what is she reading? And I was like, I've never heard of that book, so it didn't matter. Mm. That being said, I do wish that she would have said anything at all about the book she was holding. Absolutely. Because it becomes a big deal. Very important. But what they're doing is just people watching and like people judging. They're just sitting there just like making fun of people for being like overweight. It's it's kind of weird, quite honestly. This wasn't released that long ago. So it's a little weird that they're body shaming so much. I mean, it wasn't necessarily offensive to me, but like, I don't know. It probably is offensive to some people. It's weird. I, I mean, it's like something people do. Just judge people yeah. based on their appearance and like with your closest person. It's something people do, but. I don't think it's something anyone's like proud of. So right. Like, and these why are, showcase it? Yeah. Especially when they're supposed to be the heroes of the show, you know, like the main characters. But whatever. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. All this pool stuff makes them pretty unlikable. But one funny running gag for this whole episode, and there's a few of them, is that everyone just keeps going up to Rory and being like, hey, it's great to have you back, Rory. Welcome back, Rory. And Rory's just like adamantly like, I'm not back. I'm just here for a minute. I'm not back. I'm not living here. I'm not back. And everyone's like, looks like Rory's back. It's pretty funny. Everyone's like saying that like constantly or like you hear them saying that in the background. Yeah, pretty much everyone. Also, there's a hut that holds all the floaty equipment and it has been vandalized by somebody. It's Luke's. More on that later. Yeah, Luke like paid to renovate it or something. So he has stake in this floaty hut. He secretly paid to renovate it. 
Then we get a really fun scene with April. April is having dinner over at Lorelai and Luke's house. And I love this. I love April being back. I just love April as a character. I don't care. I'm an April defender. I think she's great. I think the actress is great. I love her dynamic with everybody. You excited to meet her in a few days? Yes, I am. Again, when this comes out, it'll have happened already. And it'll either have gone great or Brian really messed it up. <laughs> I gave her COVID. <laughs> I don't have COVID. I was just... No. But yeah, we um have not gone there yet, so... We have not met April, but we will have. She is now an adult who goes to MIT. Not surprising. She's very smart. She's in her 20s. She's sort of asserting her adulthood and independence by like having a nose ring with Luke questions. And she's immediately very defensive. Like, I could do whatever I want with my body. And of course, Luke's like, yeah, it's fine. You could do what you want. You can tell he doesn't like it. It feels like it's a bit of a like a rebellious thing on her part. And I feel like that's confirmed later. But she's like super not charismatic. What's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, Lorelai's constantly trying to make jokes and they just like fall flat. Like April does not get them at all. And it's constantly like, huh? What? I don't get it. And like that's that's the kryptonite of Lorelai. Someone not getting her jokes repeatedly. Yeah. Specifically, April says she met Noam Chomsky or he like walks around at her school or something. And Lorelai's like, well, to know him is to love him. And April's like, huh? Yeah. But this comes back. Lorelai clearly, like, wants to get up to get food to just, like, get out of the conversation. It looks like, no, I got it. I got it. You stay there. And you tell Lorelai's like, okay, cool. Oh, that's how you read that? I thought it was just to show that Luke and Lorelai were snippy. I think it's both. Okay. I read it as both. But also, she has got sort of like a Rastafarian, like, kind of pot smoker outfit sort of on. And outfit's not the word. Just the clothing choice she has. She talks about how she's going to go protest to legalize marijuana. Luke's like, you smoke weed? She's like, no, I don't smoke weed. It's just, it should be legal. And I'm, uh, this is just the thing I've decided I want to participate in. But then Lorelai and Rory are like, yeah, she smokes weed. And it's one of those moments too, where they're clearly playing it to the camera. Because Lorelai like points at April and then mime smoking weed to Rory who like nods. And I'm like, number one, everyone saw this. (laughs) Number two, like you didn't need to point at April. Obviously, that's who you're talking about. (laughs) She needed to move her eyes a little bit to indicate to Rory, of course she smokes. Yeah. But yeah, she did like a whole act out. Yeah. And you could, I just really feel like April's trying to be like, I'm independent, dad. Like, I don't, you can't tell me what to do. But what's really funny, and I love about the scene, is that Luke and Lorelai then go into the other room to watch some TV. And it's it's funny for a lot of reasons, because Lorelai gives him shit for falling asleep during TV. And he's like, I get up at five. And I'm like, yeah, he does. Leave him alone. But uh, April then just sort of invites herself into Rory's room and sits down next to Rory and just starts having a panic attack about her life. She's just like, I smoked weed like one time. I ate a bunch of cheese. I'm not cool. I have a terrible sense of humor. I like bought a joke book to get better at it. Then she like gets Lorelai's joke just now. She's like, oh my God, I just got <laughs> This scene is so funny, her having this breakdown. Then she's like, my nose ring hurts. <laughs> <laughs> It's just really funny, this, like, front she's putting up for her dad, and then she's all like, Rory, I'm falling apart. But also, specifically, her seeing Rory in her childhood room again is, like, making April spiral, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, man, I'm in this, like, great school. I'm super smart. Am I going to be like Rory in 10 years? I don't know if that's exactly what she feels like, if she's going to be like Rory, but maybe. No, but I think she had a line that was like, I could just, like, you know, end up not knowing what I want to do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Because this is all kind of making Rory uncomfortable. Yeah. I just, I, I like them being friends. I, I know it's, this isn't like a friend's friend scene, you know, where they're like best buddies, but they, I, I just like the fan. I wish there was more scenes with all of them. Yeah. I do wish maybe Rory was more friendly to April because they are fairly similar people. 
Yeah, and and it's like, Rory, you've broken down too a few times in the show. On the couch, Lorelai's like, it looks like April's having like one of her freakouts, and Luke's gonna like get up and check on her, and she's like, no, 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 Rory's got it. And Luke's like, oh, I don't like that nose ring, and she wants to go to Germany, and you know he's not excited about that. But then Lorelai says, oh, Germany, that's gonna be expensive. And, you know, she also is going to MIT. You're paying for all that. Are you going to, how are you going to pay for Germany? Do you like maybe want some help paying for it? I could chip in. Luke gets super defensive. He's like, no, I got it. I got it. April's mine. I'll take care of her. I can, I can swing it. And just like shuts her down immediately. This scene's important for a variety of reasons. But Luke's just like saying that, no, I will take care of my daughter. What's a little confusing is that the show has set up that Luke has a lot of money. Yeah. So I don't know why Lorelai would feel that he wouldn't be able to afford it. But also, why can't Anna pay for some of it? Absolutely. Why can't Anna pay for it? When she asks who's going to be paying for it, Luke's like, me, who else? I'm like, her mom that like wanted full custody and no help from Luke. Yeah, well, how many handbags has she got to sell to pay for a Germany trip? (laughs) (laughs) No, you're absolutely right, though. Anna would theoretically chip in. He is maybe paying for grad school. I guess that could be quite a bit of money. But he, like, bought a house, just, like, paid the full price for a house, like, two seasons ago. So it's surprising that he's, like, that she's worried he might not have money. But also, you know, he says, I'm taking care of my kid. We'll come back to this later, but that's, like, an important line, how she's trying to pay for something for April. And he's, like, no, 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 no. I take care of my own. April having a boyfriend could have been fun. Yeah, totally. Like, to see Luke react to that. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not like we spend a lot of time on the April storyline in this, but I don't know. That would just be another thing that might be even just talking about him. Yeah. He would hate that. Oh, absolutely. Even if the guy was cool, he would hate it. Rory goes outside and calls Logan. She sort of like invites herself to London. She's like, what if I came tomorrow? Because I'm not doing well (laughs) mentally. She doesn't say (laughs) that, but we all know what's going on. I just got reminded how much of a loser I am by a girl. (laughs) Yeah, girl with a nose ring. He's all like, sure, you could come and like you could stay at this really fancy hotel. We can hang out. She's like, whoa, 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 hotel? What's this hotel nonsense? He's like, oh, well, you know that woman that I'm engaged to that you've known about forever? She maybe has moved in. And then she gets like really upset about this. Yeah. She does not take it well. She's like, what? So I'm just going to be some girl who waits for you in a hotel on the side and you're going to hide me from your fiance? And it's like, girl, like you knew the deal. Like, what's confusing? Like, I get that you don't like it, but, like, the writing's been on the wall for quite some time. I wonder if it's, like, he still wants her to come, like, that she's upset about. Like, he's not like, so we should probably stop this because I am going forward with this woman. Yeah. Like, he's still, like, expecting her to come, and that's maybe weird. But, I mean, I feel like she wants to continue doing what they're doing. Right. It bothers me that they still haven't talked about, like, why they're doing this, why he's engaged, why aren't they together? Absolutely. There's so many questions. Like, how much does he love this woman he's marrying? Like, does he want to be with her? Is it some kind of, like, familial obligation? There's still right. an episode. Maybe we'll go into that. But, like, I don't think it's weird that they haven't told us any of that. What happened after they broke up? As of right now, Logan is being a huge garbage person by cheating on his fiance with his ex-girlfriend. It's one thing, and I've said this before, It's one thing if they're married, they have kids, they're staying together for the kids, the love has been dead for years, neither of them like each other, but they're like, our lives are just so entangled, it's just so difficult to get a divorce. In that scenario, I can see how cheating might not be the worst thing in the world. You're like, I don't know that my wife would care, really, at the end of the day. But that's not the case. You haven't married this woman yet. Do you love her? If you do, then why are you sleeping with Rory? If you don't love this woman, why are you getting married? 
If it is for some financial family obligation, then that needs to be stated like you were saying. But then also, Rory, like you knew this was happening. Did you expect Logan to break it off with his fiance? Then you needed to tell him that's what you wanted. But it doesn't seem like that's what you said. Yeah, like maybe she was hoping all along that he wouldn't go through with it. And this is confirmation that he is finally. And We don't get any of that info. So it's like hard to feel bad for her right now. Yeah, I don't. I mean, stress again, he's being a piece of shit for cheating on his fiance. But like, Rory, why are you surprised at all? There's a town meeting where they just got new air conditioning, which is incredibly loud. When it kicks in, it's just like, it's like a jet engine is in the room. Like, you can't hear anybody, and that's like a running joke. But does this joke come back, or is it just for the scene? I was trying to remember. I don't know. It, it does come back like three times in this scene, and there's mm-hmm. like kind of some funny jokes within it, but also some kind of dumb ones. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. If the air kicked in like during the musical later or something, maybe that would be funny. Like, they had set it up, but it felt kind of random. I didn't find the air conditioning, we can't hear each other, joke that funny any of the times it did it. It ends with Lorelai talking because she knows no one can hear her, but then it turns off and she says something embarrassing about Taylor and everyone hears it. That joke didn't work for me. That being said, there are several jokes in this scene that do work for me. There was one air conditioning joke I did like. Lorelai volunteers for the musical, and Luke's like, do you have the time? And then she's like, 8.30. And Rory's like, no, I think he was asking if you have the time. And she's like, I gave it to him. <laughs> Just the way she said that was super funny. Yeah, I yeah. know. I told him. But you're right. The rest was stupid. But this is a great town meeting overall, I would say. Yeah. There's a lot of great back and forth. We get introduced to the 30-something gang, which is this group of like 30-somethings in the back of the town hall. Who are just like all alert and just desperate to be friends with Rory. They're all like 30-somethings whose lives have fallen apart like Rory's, who don't have jobs, and who just hang out in the town. Yeah, they move back with their parents like she did. Yeah. And they're all just like sitting at the edge of their seat so excited to like hang out with Rory. It's so funny. Every time they look over, they're just like leaning forward in their seats, smiling at Rory. They're like a hive. They work as one. Yeah. Super funny. This is an example of something that I feel like the original show wouldn't have done, but there's like a lot of more campiness in A Year in the mm-hmm. Life that like is sort mm-hmm. of kind of how Maisel does things, where she just like leans into nonsense a bit yeah. more often. I mean, that, that was definitely in the original. The whole right. town of Stars Hollow is pretty stupid and over the top, but like this was like <laughs> kind of an unrealistic thing. Yeah, totally. But it's funny pretty much every time. And we're going to see them throughout the episode. I hope they're in the next one, too. Taylor announces that he has written a musical to draw in more tourists. Taylor has written this musical with a guy named Nat. Nat, like, wrote all the music and is directing it. And the running joke about Nat, which is hilarious, is that he just always looks like he's dying. Like, every time they cut to this kid, <laughs> he just looks emaciated. And he honestly, he looks like he's, like he's about to have diarrhea all the time. And he's like, I don't want it. They never say what his deal is. Like, why is he so... He's just, like, shriveling smaller and smaller. At the end of the episode, his neck is broken. Like, what is going on? (laughs) He never, like, looks up. He's always, like, looking down and to the left. Is he sleeping with Taylor also? He definitely carries himself as if he's sleeping with Taylor. (laughs) Just very, like, I hate this. Taylor later says they go on retreat together. Retreat to me implies a group of people. But Not like, just two. I don't know. I don't know what Taylor is doing that this boy is so sad. But yeah, it's shady. I don't like it. 
He's so sad and, and also seemingly dying. He seems like he's melting the whole episode. <laughs> he never once speaks. No. But he's lived in Brooklyn. Yeah, what's funny too is that Taylor's like, he once lived in Brooklyn. And the whole group's like, oh. It's like, so did fucking Rory. Yeah. Keep that in mind, by the way. Rory's lived in New York. Taylor says that he's going to select a few people to preview this play, to give notes so that he can like perfect it before it goes on. And Lorelai volunteers for this. Question. They're casting the lead actress. They've got to get the perfect lead actress, right? And one of the skills Taylor needs for her to do is to be able to whittle. Rewatching it, she never whittles, right? I didn't look for it, but I don't remember. Well, there's also some of the musical we don't see, presumably. Okay, yeah, you're right. Because they mentioned that a couple times, that it's important that she can whittle. Yeah. Taylor also announces that the Stars Hollow Gazette, their paper, is closing because the editor, Bernie Roundbottom, has retired. And since no one else wants to take it up, they're going to close it. Rory's like, whoa, whoa, are they closing because they're like out of money? He's like, no, that's just because he's retiring and we can't find a replacement. And Rory sort of stands up and like wants to like defend this thing that it shouldn't be closing. But no one really gives a shit. (laughs) She's like, yeah, whatever. It's going down. There's like a moment somewhere in here where someone says, what, the 30-something gang didn't tell you? And Rory's like, no, I don't hang out with them. <laughs> when when they say the 30-something gang, they like perk up. And then when mm-hmm. she like dismisses them, they all just like get so dejected. <laughs> yeah, no, they all look like Nat for a second. Like, oh. They want Rory so bad. Yeah, they, they look like pod people or something. Uh, there's a running joke, too, where Luke is upset about the floaty hut. This joke could have been cut completely from the episode. Not even, It's almost like they were like, Luke needs 10 more lines. Let's do this floaty hut thing. I didn't like it at first, but it did grow on me. Because it, it was t- between him and Bootsy. Like, him being obsessed with talking about the floaty hut. But then Bootsy being like, well, if you're so obsessed with it, why don't you marry it? But then, like, by the end, Luke's like, well, what about my floaty hut? And then Bootsy's like, I think it's waiting in bed for you. <laughs> like, he's just... <laughs> Giving him shit for loving this floaty hut so much. It's kind of fun because Bootsy has disappeared since like season two. But didn't him mm-hmm. and Luke sort of rub each other? Like the wrong way or did it, they just like fuck? Like what, what, are, you, what are you saying? Either. I, I remember them rubbing each other. I can't remember. They used first. to rub each other all the time. So that's why he's upset that this floaty hut has taken his place. No, I think they would like spat a little. I can't remember. You used to talk about me that way, Luke. Now it's all about the floaty hut. <laughs> Well, the next day, presumably, someday after that, Luke uh, is now a lifeguard, I guess, and he is fixing the floaty hut, and the girls are back at the pool, back to judging people's bodies. I don't know if he's a lifeguard. I think he's just wearing the shirt. Well, he tells them to get out of the pool, and everybody does, so they at least respect Luke. It might be because he's in the shirt, because he's like, don't ask me about my shirt. Maybe he got roped into being a lifeguard. There's a lot of mysteries around the pool. The girls have paid, I'm guessing. I, I don't know how they've done this. They've roped two small boys, children, into like being their personal servants for the day. They like hold umbrellas over them and hand them drinks while they pretend to be like fancy old ladies in these chairs. Like Southern Bells. That's it. Southern Bells. I was going to say fainting ladies. I couldn't think of the right term. They kind of use these boys throughout the episode as well. Yeah. They carry their stuff. One calls Rory Khaleesi. There's a lot of Game of Thrones references in this particular episode. It's the new Lord of the Rings, baby. It is, right? But like the question really is like, are they paying these boys? Like, why are they doing all of this? The hope of sex when they're adults with hot ladies? I don't know. (laughs) When you're grown up, you can bang us. Yeah, I don't know. It's not even like they're old enough to be doing it. 
for like potential romance someday. You know, like if they were like 17 year old boys, right. it might be like, oh, we're always getting to that age where she might have sex with a 20 year old. <laughs> right. But no, they're like 10. They're, they're not like, like 10, 12. They're not old. Michelle shows up. Look at good, by the way. Oh, yeah. He's in a very little pair of shorts. Yeah. But he doesn't get shamed. Uh uh-uh. uh. He's looking good. He shows up and apparently he didn't mention to Lorelai that he's back in town. He had been traveling. Uh, he's got some hilarious lines where he's like his partner, Frederick, is making him come to the pool to be around kids to get acclimated to them. When we make our own. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, is that the right term? Make. <laughs> and later he's like, I think Frederick might have ordered one. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I think Frederick ordered one. I'll have to check. <laughs> but the best line is. Fatherhood's going to be a lot of pretending for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's a funny running bad throughout the series. He just like desperately does not want to be a parent. Yeah, it's so funny. He like loves dogs. You'd think that like it's not that different like a baby. I mean, it is different, but. They've also set up that kids love him in the original show. But they also set up that it was not a two way street. (laughs) He was not a fan of kids. Then uh, Fat Pat walks over in a Speedo, and they act like they can't even look at him. Uh, it is true that, like, I don't know, you don't need to wear a Speedo, sir. But they're just all like, I can't. This man, is his body is upsetting us. It was like, just joke could be cut. Yeah, they just, like, can't even function when this man is in front of them. It's almost like if they were two teenage boys with their hormones all the way up, and some girl came over with, like, a barely covering her boobs bikini. But, like, the opposite of that. Did you say <laughs> I boobs bikini? I... Yeah, barely covering her boobs bikini. Oh, I see, I see, I see. That was all hyphenated. (laughs) Yes, yes, guys. You guys heard the hyphens. It was just barely covering her boobs bikini. Yeah, no, I was speaking to a person named Bikini. and (laughs) (laughs) Comma bikini. Mm -hmm. Punctuation's fun, guys. Afterwards, the girls are walking home, and this is like a really fun little scene where as they're walking... The two boys are carrying their stuff, and they walk past a bunch of young kids their age, like, playing in water spraying out of a fire hydrant. And one of the boys just says, like, that looks like fun. (laughs) (laughs) He's a working adult now. I hope they're getting a lot of money. I know. That shot was kind of cool. Just the two girls, Mm -hmm. like, decked out in their summer gear. And, like, they're doing a lot more with music in this. Like, they got the rights to some stuff. Yeah. And they do a lot more stylized shots than they did in the original series. Mm -hmm. There'll be more of that later. The girls walk over to the auditions for the musical where Miss Patty and Bad Bat are taking information from people. And there's a young man that they are just like drooling over very openly. And Lorelai like butts in and Bad Bat says something like, go away, we're walking here, which is like a New Yorker thing to say. But they're Mm -hmm. also sitting. So it was weird. But then after the guy walks away... Bet turns to Lorelai just like, that was a total clam jam. <laughs> Which is, I guess, the lady version of a cock block is a Love clam it. jam. Love it. That was that was pretty funny. Lorelai's therapist, Claudia, is also auditioning and like asks Lorelai to put a good word in to the director for her. Which is probably not okay if you're her therapist. Yeah. I, again, haven't gone to therapy, but that's got to be weird to run into your therapist in the wild. Yeah, totally. Especially when your therapist is like so excited to be trying out for the Stars Hollow musical. Like, you're are you a therapist? Like, what? They can have hobbies. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, in my head, therapists are just very dry people. I don't know that that's true. That's in my head what I imagine. Is she from Stars Hollow, or is this just like spread all over? So this town's having such a musical. A, yeah, it's spread all over. There's like three parts in it. Again, there's a lot of it we don't see apparently. 
Taylor comes out of Miss Patty's. That's where this is at. And says that they found the lead. She's going to be great. She was Kinky Boots in Kinky Boots. Lorelai's like, there's no one named Kinky Boots in Kinky Boots. That's just the name of the play. And Taylor's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure there is. This woman's awesome. She's like the hottest woman I've ever seen. It's pretty funny. Lorelai's <laughs> like, presence of company excluded, right? And he's like, no, she's the hottest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've like never heard him call a woman beautiful. He's like just obsessed with this woman. Very funny. And it's a running bit now for the rest of the episode that other people keep saying that this actress was Kinky Boots, like insisting she was a character named Kinky Boots. Mm. Rory is upset that the Gazette is being closed, and she sort of like thinks about that now. There's there's like, again, some weird dialogue here where she's like, I know the Stars Hollow Gazette isn't going to be breaking any stories like a bunch of buggering priests, but it's not the Gazette's fault that our priest happens to be a good guy. Now, that second part of that joke is funny that like, uh, it's a shame that our priest is a good dude because there's no story there. But the first part about that, to use the word buggering priest is is a little uh, crass, explicit, because you just Google the word buggering and it's like what? These pre- the story of priests doing this is a pretty, you know, graphic story, a real thing that happened that was exposed by papers. Glad it was. And I don't think anyone should pretend that didn't happen. But it's it's weird to use that word as a joke. I wonder if they just like didn't realize what it means. But I don't know why you would say it if you don't. It's very specific because it's sort of like British slang. Like they use it in Harry Potter. But yeah, like the actual definition is literally probably what the priest did. Yeah, and, like, what she's talking about. And it's, like, it's weird to use that as a joke, though. Like, uh, you know, if you were to use different words there that mean the same thing, it would not be funny, I feel like. Yeah. Anyway, that's just me being judgy as a comedian. Like, it's a little cringy that you made that joke. And as the scene ends, we hear the therapist's audition, which is great. Yeah. Rory follows Taylor to the market and is like, hey, I want to work at the paper. I can be the editor. He's all like, well, what's your qualifications? And she should be like, well, I was almost the ice cream queen. Uh, (laughs) But she's all like, I don't know. I went to Yale for journalism. He's all like, okay, I guess. So he just like walks her over there and is like, you run this place. Esther and Charlie, here's Rory. It's a joke because it seems like he's introducing him to like a whole big staff, but it's just two very old people who do not move. Yeah, he does like a whole big speech and then we reveal that it's just the two most ancient people in Stars Hollow. Yeah, they they may be ghosts. I'm not even (laughs) sure that they're alive. Charlie is this old man who just sleeps at his desk always. It's pretty funny, actually, because Esther like is filing the same file in every scene we see her in. (laughs) She does not stop. She's always doing something with that filing cabinet. It's pretty funny. Also, Taylor's like, well, we should discuss pay. And Rory's like, I assume it pays nothing. He's like, yep, you got the job. But the dude that retired to go fishing all the time wasn't getting paid? Yeah, it's it's confusing. That doesn't make any sense. Unless, no. like, she just means, like, I assume the pay is not great. Like, it, you know, it pays right. shit. But that's not what they say. Right. It's weird. It, it, you can't, no one would do that job for nothing. No. At the Dragonfly Inn, Michelle is showing off his new child skills. That's weird to say. <laughs> Michelle is showing off his new skills at getting along with children. Although I think the show has already set up that he's very good at it. Like, despite himself, he's good with children. But he's like being so nice and jokey with these kids and the families love it. But then he's all like, it's clearly an act when he's talking to Lorelai. But Michelle says to Lorelai, hey, you know, I just had a birthday. She's like, oh, you're like 50. He's like, I'm not 50. He might be 50, I, by the I way. need to do the math on that. 
She would have showed up at the inn in like 1985, and this is 2016. So that makes them have known each other for 31 years. Yeah, he's 50. Yeah, I think from the dialogue, it's clear it's 50. And she sort of compromises with him and says it's somewhere between 40 and 50 to like let him have that. But it's clearly 50. Yeah, because she's pretty much 50. If Roy's 32, she's 48. What I will say is, Michelle, you have been keeping your body nice. For 50, You he does not look 50. Yeah. Like if he were to say he was 40, I'd believe him. But he says like, hey, I had a big birthday. Maybe you could take me out to drink. I also kind of want to talk about some stuff. Lorelai takes like a big gulp, like, yeah, of course, I'll take you out. So they meet at the secret bar, which we've set up in A Year in the Life already. Because apparently Taylor doesn't want there to be a bar in the city for some reason. So the city has decided to make this one alley into like a secret outside bar. It's actually pretty cool. It is cool. But I do feel like they could have a more secret bar inside of an establishment. (laughs) instead of It's just like in an alley. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? It could just be in someone's house and they don't have to let Taylor in. Right, totally. If it's not going through the proper channels to be a business anyway, it could just be in someone's basement. Right. But it is a nice vibe. Like I was saying, like Zach and Lane are kind of playing some low-key music and there's candles and a bunch of tables. It's it's nice outside this little alley. They sit down, Lorelai and Michelle, and they start talking. And Michelle's all like, hey, I'm sorry I lied to you. I wasn't on vacation. I went to this really fancy hotel and they offered me a job where I could get paid a lot of money. And before I take that job, I was hoping you might consider expanding the Dragonfly Inn because honestly, I'd love to keep working with you, but like you can't pay me enough. And he, I mean, he lays it out and I think, you know, he's a bit of a narcissist, but I feel like he lays everything out in ways that it is true. He's like, you're paying me too much as is. You're already paying me out of your own salary. And like, you can't afford to do that. You could easily hire somebody for way less money than me. But with my skills and stuff, I do deserve more money and I can make it. So like, is there a way for you to expand the inn so that you can afford me? Otherwise, I have to go. And I like that because I, I think that is showing a side of Michelle. Because it's easy to think Michelle is just a narcissist who is a bad dude. And in some ways, he is. But I feel like he he does like Lorelai, even though he's not great at expressing that. And he wants to continue to work with his friend. Yeah. So he's trying to find a way to make it work. Because she's like, I can pay you more. He's like, you can't. You're paying me out of your salary. Which, again, is like him saying, like, I care about you. And he even says, like, you don't think I look past my own shadow? Right, right. And she explains she can't expand because, like, I don't know, one side's got some kind of nature preserve and the other side's got some other reason she can't. They could probably just get rid of the horses and build a spa, but, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So it seems like they're probably going to part ways, which is really sad. Then Taylor shows up and they, like, shut the gates and shut the lights off and everyone's quiet. And Taylor just, like, looks around really curiously at the gate. Then a kid in a bike, like, rides around him. I feel like that's part of it. Like, he's just there mm-hmm. to distract Taylor, right? Yeah. That's, he seems, it seems too intentional. Well, because someone, like, shouted out a code when Taylor was coming. I wonder if that was even the kid. Oh, it might have been. So then Taylor's like, huh, something happened here. I don't know what it is. Then he leaves, and then they go back to just being a little bar. But the problems are not ending there. Rory has finished her first issue. She's excited about it. She's decided to remove the poem. They've set this up that there's, like, a seasonal poem that's always on the front of the paper which people love yeah they everyone loves it rory's like we're taking that out taylor was like okay i guess she's also trying to do this all on like a dos computer Mm -hmm. and esther digs in her file to find the instructions she's like did you turn it on and rory says i did everything but blow in its ear (laughs) i thought that was funny lorelei also stops by after meeting with michelle and lets rory know that he's leaving 
He's giving her three months to find someone, which is nice. It's a decent amount of time. Yeah. And Rory pulls out a bottle of scotch from her desk that the guy left, apparently. I'm surprised he didn't take that with him. But they have a drink. There's also a picture of him that's like hanging by Rory. It's weird. Did that guy put that up? Right. Or I want to say it's not in this scene, but it is later. So maybe Rory hung it up. She also keeps his um his name tag on her desk. Yeah, the nameplate. But also during the scene, Rory gets a call from Paul or a text or something. Lorelai's like, "You still haven't broken up with him." Like, what? When you call Logan sometime, set a reminder in your phone to like also break up with Paul. <laughs> I have Logan do it. Just be like, Logan, before I forget, can you break up with Paul for me? I just have so many questions about Paul. Like, after two years, you know, you might think about living together, especially if they were living yeah. in New York. Totally. Like, what? why isn't he coming around more often or putting more pressure on this relationship? Like, what's his yeah. side deal? I kind of hate that whole joke, honestly. Like, I don't really get it because it's just so unbelievable that, like, he wouldn't be like, hey, you're ignoring me. We're breaking up. We haven't had sex in two years. Yeah, two years We're is a long up. time to be not together very often. Totally. A year is a long time. Yeah. Six months is a long time. Yeah, I feel like for sure after a year, you're like spending a lot of your time together. Unless you're long distance. I, we, I guess we don't know where he lives. The first issue then arrives the next day and Rory asks Esther and Charlie, how do we deliver these? And they don't know. They have no idea. This is a round bottom secret, apparently. So she's all like, shit, I have to deliver these. I don't know what I'm going to do. So she calls her mom. But before her mom answers, Lorelai's at the inn and Luke is angrily making food for everybody. He's agreed to like a burger Tuesday lunch at the Dragonfly since she still doesn't really have a chef. And we should talk about that for a minute. It's not clear why Lorelai doesn't have a chef. We know Suki's gone. You had a theory as to why she doesn't have a chef. Yeah, I mean, I think she just is like, Maybe hoping Sugi will come back or something, or is just like sensitive to that issue and like feels like she's filling a hole that she doesn't want to fill by hiring someone permanently, which is maybe why they're doing these pop-up things. But she keeps firing the pop-up people. Yeah. So it's just so confusing. And like there's so many people that are in the kitchen like helping. Like do none of these people know how to make like basic foods? Right, right. Like I feel like hamburgers are something anybody could do. Like hamburgers are not complicated. Yeah, it does seem like there's someone from within that you could promote. I've made hamburgers here, and I don't have zero cooking experience or education. So I feel like they could have one of those guys do it to step. Whoever was second in charge could step up for Suki, or she could hire someone. I think it's just like crazy irresponsible that she hasn't hired somebody, even in temporarily, or like that she keeps firing people. And Luke has kind of had it. He's like pissed. He's like, you know, I keep doing this for you. I've got my own diner to run. The only reason I'm doing it is because if I didn't, like you would not have food at your inn. And like, you're being crazy irresponsible. Can you please hire someone? And she's all like, I'll go do that now, which is a lie, which is frustrating to me as a viewer. It is a lie, but I feel like she's just being dismissive. Like, I don't know that he actually thought she meant that. But I think his anger and his point of view is legitimate in the scene. Yeah. And like for her to be dismissive is shitty. He also points out that he's mad at Michelle in the scene. It was kind of funny. Yeah. I will say, though, his his anger is seeding from the fact yes. that she's yes. lying to him. Totally agree with which you. Which he found out some time ago and is just, you know, harboring this resentment for, like, months without actually. Well, because she keeps going to therapy. So it's like she continuously lies to him. Right. But that is why he's upset for real. Right. But I think he still has a point about this thing that he's at least expressing his anger for, even if it's not the root of it. 
Correct. It's like, Lorelai, you are taking advantage of your, like, super giving boyfriend. But he, maybe if he wasn't mad at her, would have been like, you know, I really can't keep doing this. Could you please hire a chef instead of just, like, screaming at her at her work? Right. I, that's It's not cool, but I also get it. I don't know. But she's going to go help Rory instead. And I have to say, this next scene is stupid. I'm sorry. I love Gilmore Girls, but this next whole montage is dumb. I agree. Um, I do like the music and some of the shots. Sure. But that doesn't save it. Lorelai and Rory are just going to manually hand out all the papers, deliver them to everyone in town. And this running bit is that they don't know or they're disagreeing about what's the east side and what's the west side. And Rory's like, I'll take west, you take east, or one of those two ways. And like Lorelai's like, no, but this is the west side. That's the east side. And they're arguing back and forth. But then they decide, I'll go this way, you go that way. And then we have a montage of them and delivering papers. Some of that's funny, but... At some point, they've realized they're doing the same area. And I'm like, how are you still confused? You picked directions. It doesn't matter what you think east or west is anymore because that's not how you divided up the town. Right. I agree. It's, it's, it, it doesn't make sense. And it's, it's silly. But they deliver all the papers. What I did like is these boots are made for walking plays, which is, I don't know, just sort of a fun song to be playing while they're doing this montage. There's also a group doing Tai Chi, which is just mm-hmm. shot from straight on that Lorelai's got to like figure out how to get through. Just not well, hard. she, like, is handing them papers yeah. while they're doing Tai Chi. It was just sort of an interesting shot. And we also get a clip of the black, white, and red movie theater sign, which just has yep. a list of foods you're not allowed to bring in now, like George yeah, Foreman's but the, <laughs> Yeah, and you can't bring in a hibachi. <laughs> yeah. uh, Doyle also calls, and that, that was a cool shot, too, the way it zooms in on Oh, him. yeah, the He's music like, just, like, halts, and it zooms in on Doyle. He's upset that... She cut down his movie review, and she's all like, it was mostly adjectives. He's like, well, who told you adjectives are bad? She's like, you did when you were my editor. He's like, Michael Bay loves adjectives. <laughs> also, it was stupid that you removed the poem. Apparently, he loves the poem. <laughs> How did Doyle know about the poem? But he was doing her a favor with this movie review, I guess. Yeah, she, probably because she has no staff. She like asked him to write something for it. Yeah. There's also a, a funny scene I liked where she runs into the 30-something gang, and they're playing... I drink your milkshake, where they all have one big milkshake, they have a bunch of straws, and they all just quote the line from There Will Be Blood. I drink your milkshake, and then they all drink it. Now I hate these people. They're insane. That's Nobody's going to do that. This is why you don't have a job, okay? Lorelai also runs into some people at Luke's that are the parents of the 30-somethings gang that hang out. Oh, that was so funny. Read their kids' resumes. Yeah, we get together and, like, you know, just talk. (laughs) Very funny. And I think it ends with Lorelai and Rory finishing up at the newspaper place. But the two old people are, like, on their way out for the night. I guess they're going to the gym. Together, too? It's like, what? Yeah, they they seem like real gym rats. (laughs) (laughs) They probably saw Michelle's body, and they're like, if he can do it, we can do it. Maybe I believe that these people would go to the gym and, like, do a lap in the pool in the morning, but not at, like, 8 (laughs) p.m. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, I guess Charlie sleeps all day. Yeah. (laughs) So the next day, the girls are like, our feet hurt so much from all this walking we did. I hated that so much. Yeah. Because Rory lived in New York. Mm -hmm. You must walk here. Like, if if you are going anywhere, you're walking at least 10 minutes. Yeah. But it's not crazy to walk a mile or two in a day. Not at all. And they walk in this town a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They probably walked more in this town than usual, but I don't know. They're like young, fit people. At least Rory is. I mean, unless they did it in like stupid shoes, I, it doesn't make sense that their feet would hurt. Yeah. Rory calls her grandmother and it's like noon and Emily like wakes up. What? At noon? What? 
her grandmother's just totally out of it. She's like, what time is it? Where are my glasses? Glasses? Yeah, didn't she have eye surgery? Which was weird because in that episode, everyone's like, what, you don't wear glasses? Like Richard's like, I like you in glasses, which we'd never once seen. So maybe she only (laughs) wears them at night. But Just when she wakes up in the morning. This also implies she never finished that LASIK surgery. Yeah. But Rory's worried about her grandmother at this point. Uh, that's mostly what this phone call's about. It's like, your, your, Emily Gilmore is waking up at noon? What? Then Lorelai goes to review the musical. And, like, this next section, honestly, like, I mean, I think this is why people don't like the episode. This, yeah. next, this next part. This next part is, is uh, it's fucking long. It's long. It's long. It's not as long as I thought. I started a, a I, I looked at the clock when it started, and I think it's only about 10 minutes. I thought it was 15 or 20. It feels like 35 minutes. It's not. It's it's like four songs, but it, it, it takes up a chunk of the episode for sure. We get to see some of Taylor's musical. It seems in the moment like we see all of it, but then later they reference scenes that we clearly did not see. So apparently we're only getting a taste of it. Jesus Christ. I can't imagine how bad this was if it was longer than what we saw. When we rewatched this, when it got to this part, Brian like moaned. <laughs> Not in a good way. <laughs> oh, yes. When we got to this scene, he was just like, Because mm. <laughs> when bad. we watched it the first time, I was like, we have to watch this again, you know? Oh, my God. It's just so rough. Okay, working so- on building, working on building. <laughs> So first off, we have to mention that Nat is there, and we gesture to him. We just see him, you know, like I said, melting in the corner. Just trying to just, climb inside the piano. Just his bones are turning to dust inside of his body. Then the musical starts, and one of the guys kind of looks like Jess for like a minute. I was like, is Jess in the fucking musical? I think what? I had to tell you. Don't worry. That's not Jess. Yeah. That would have been something else, uh, but it was not Jess. Oh, they do like a whole pledge to promise to keep it secret. Yeah. Then we start the musical and it's like it starts with this really dramatic scene about like a couple who are in a very abusive relationship. Like the woman's got this huge black eye. Lorelai's like, what the fuck? They cut her off. And there's a running bit where they like the guy gets mad throughout the whole play and he throws like a glass against the wall and you'd expect it to shatter. But it's just like a plastic cup that just bangs back down on the ground. It's pretty funny. But then we just get a series of really bizarre little vignettes of different couples throughout Stars Hollow's history. And oftentimes these relationships are incestuous and abusive. It's it's a little bizarre. It, it really seems to focus on individual relationships. But we do allude to some of Stars Hollow's history, like those guys who waited in the cold for the British to come and they never did. And there's a joke that I don't understand why this is in the show. The guy comes in, he's got bullets in his pocket, and he hands them to the girl, and the woman says, like, oh, your balls are so cold. Clearly like a double entendre. The joke is bad, and I get that I think the joke is supposed to be bad, but no one laughs at the joke. And the running bit throughout this entire thing is that everybody loves this musical, despite how awful it is. They just, they can't get enough. They are overjoyed about this musical. But this joke just falls flat, like no one laughs. And I'm like, shouldn't they be laughing or we should be groaning with the characters? I mean, the issue is that they didn't show the crowd. But you'd hear them. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know why they didn't cut to a reaction shot. If they just thought they were overdoing it, cutting to them as often as they did. But it felt like, yeah, we should see Patty slapping her knee and Lorelai being like, what? Yeah. And as I already said, the joke of this whole scene is that the committee, they're losing their mind over how much they love this. They're singing along. They're clapping. They're just like grooving in their seats, smiling ear to ear, while Lorelai is just like, what is everyone finding enjoyable about this? She is 
us in this scene, right? Mm -hmm. She's like mouth agape, like this is incredibly bad, right, everybody? She's taking notes. She needs to use other people's like pens and papers and clipboards to like take notes. No one else has a single note to write down because they love it. It's perfect. So that is funny. It's a funny juxtaposition, especially Tom, who earlier was like, I don't know much about musicals, but I'll do it. And he's just in love with this play. Yeah, they just like wanted him in this series, I guess, but didn't have any construction projects. So they threw him in this scene for some reason. It is funny, though. I I think he is pretty funny because he's so not meant for this. Mm -hmm. Some of the other vignettes are at some point they talk about a dishwasher factory that was built in Stars Hollow, but then a bunch of the workers formed a union and then this guy just randomly comes out and starts like rapping this is clearly influenced by hamilton and taylor was like oh i could put rap in my play and there's just like a rap part that's like not just like influenced by hamilton but like the dude just starts talking about hamilton (laughs) like in his rap about labor unions there's a lot of sex in this, a lot of incest, and it goes on and on. At some point, Lorelai thinks it's done, and I'm like, oh, God, is it done? And it's not. There's more. But eventually, it ends. Just I'm assuring you, if you you will get through it, it does end. Yeah, it ends with an ABBA song, which we yeah. learned there were nine of. Some of the funniest stuff about this, though, are the reactions. Lorelai obviously being so shocked by how bad it is, but just like seeing Gypsy like nod along happily was so funny. And then at the very end, they all stand. <laughs> yeah. I think Bad Bat's like, you're not getting up. And Lorelai's like, no, I am. And then Donald <laughs> is like, you're not going to clap. She's like, yep, I, I am. <laughs> <laughs> we sort of have been disagreeing about this. I think, rewatching this, it is very funny that Lorelai correctly hates it. It's awful. It's stupid. But the whole rest of the town thinks it's great. So her right. reacting to it in the way one should is very funny. Like, every time it cuts to her, it's hilarious. I think that they could have made the musical a little bit better, and it would have been better. Because what we're doing is taking 10, 15 minutes away from this six hours of content, mm-hmm. which I guess isn't huge, but we're taking a decent-sized chunk out of this show where like the fans have been waiting 10 years to see some stuff, and we're just filling a big chunk of time with nonsense when, like... We'd rather see more of like what Suki's up to or something with Jess or, you know, just like something we care more about. Mm -hmm. But I do think that if they had made the musical like a little bit more about Stars Hollow than it is, like I like that it's bad. I like that it's campy. I like that these two very talented Broadway actors are like acting like they're in a bad high school play. That's funny. Right. Right. When They're they're so talented in real life. Mm -hmm. But like the lyrics are barely about Stars Hollow. And I think like, they could have referenced it a little harder. And I went back and watched the episode where they do the diorama stuff because I was like, oh, maybe if they like reference some specific Stars Hollow things. But they don't. They, they mentioned something about like a dishwasher factory. But in, in the diorama episode, there was like they were famous for making urinal cakes. Like maybe if there was a whole song about that, that could have been funny. But it was sort of just mm-hmm. like generic revolutionary war stuff. Instead of, like, hearing the story of that sex worker that, like, had sex with all the generals, so they, like, won Mm -hmm. that battle. Like, you know, specific historical Stars Hollow things, I think, would have, it could have still been a bad musical that Lorelai had plenty of notes for, but it would have entertained us a bit more. Do you still disagree with me? (laughs) I, I don't disagree with what you just said. When you said it wasn't about Stars Hollow, I still feel like it does touch on the stuff of Stars Hollow. I understand what you're saying, but, like, 
I mean, then every single line has to be about something from Stars Hollow. I feel like it's about the different people who lived in Stars Hollow. And we do have a whole section about like the labor union and the dishwashing company. And they also talk about the people waiting in the snow for the British who never came. Like, yeah, I feel like that is like not every single second, but I, I do think a lot of it was. I think there's just chunks of time where they're talking about like you know we're brother and sister we're having sex right but i feel like if that's what was happening in the town it's based on incest that's not insane and, and there's like the last song is just like a list of things that are bad about the world right now yeah one of the songs is just about like how bad the world is in like the 2000s but they're just like upset about like stuff like terrorists but also spam email but stars hollow's good in very generic ways i would like more specific ways that stars hollow is good in present time well, my point is, I wanted it to be bad, but I think it could have been better bad. <laughs> Life is bad, but it could be worse. <laughs> no, the, the musical itself. I, I want it to be a can't be bad musical because that's funny. But I think it could have been a little bit better and felt like less of a waste of time. Yeah. Afterwards, Taylor gets everyone together and he's all like, I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth from everybody, warts and all. What's interesting about that is that the exact same line, it's like they learned this line, warts and all, that Naomi told Rory in the first episode of the season. She was like, I want you to write a biography about me, warts and all. Oh, I remember you saying that, but Naomi actually said that? Yeah. Huh. It's just like a funny, like, okay, that's just a weird phrase that they both used. Of course, as you mentioned, everyone loves it. They think it's perfect. No notes. Bat Bat has like written some ideas for like taglines for it, but like no one has notes except for Lorelai, who has so many. Taylor says the first scene was based on a play he wrote when he was younger. Yeah. And he like left it on the table of the guy who wrote Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and left his well, number. Well, he says he says that that guy was his mentor and yeah. he had no notes for it. Yeah, and he like, like left really? his number and was like, call me with notes. And he never called. <laughs> so. Which means he had no notes. And also he was his mentor. Yeah. Lorelai's like, what about that part where the guy's like ramping and mentioning Hamilton? And like Gypsy's like, are you making this racial? And then Tom shakes his head. It's so, <laughs> it's subtle. It's so funny. Tom's like, wow. Like, <laughs> I can't believe Lorelai would make this racial. There was another funny joke where Taylor's like listing rappers. <laughs> Someone was like, how does he know those names? <laughs> and Nat is just so uncomfortable this whole time. Yeah. I love Babette. Generally, she can do no wrong. I didn't like the writing for her in this scene at all. Yeah. I didn't mind the kinky boots. She kept being like, but she's kinky boots. No, I didn't like that because yeah? she said it like four times. She does say it a lot. But we'd already heard that joke like three times. Mm-hmm. Her saying it like one time, I think, could have been funny. She's also got a bit where she's like comparing this play to like other Broadway plays or like move over this play. Mm-hmm. Get out of the way, Simba. This plays the king now. She had like three or four of those. That was kind of funny, but I don't know. I, she just felt like a lot in this scene. Yeah, I hear that. But I also really don't enjoy Carol King as Sophie. Yeah, she was fine when she was just playing the woman that worked at the music shop. She's a talented artist. She's not an actor. And they have her in this to just do this bit where they're like, oh, we probably can't actually use these ABBA songs, but I've written some songs, Taylor, you could use. And then she just like plays I Feel the Earth Move, like her real song. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, no, that's not going to (laughs) work. And she's like, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. So that was like the sole purpose of giving her like 15 lines in this. <laughs> she delivers them all not great. Like, I don't She's just is not a very convincing actor. 
And that joke fails for me for a couple of reasons. For one, in this reality of Gilmore Girls, you're telling me that Carol King doesn't exist. Like these songs don't exist. Right. And two, like obviously it's a catchy song. <laughs> so like the joke is kind of funny on paper a little bit, but not when you take the baggage of, well, she's got to be in all of these scenes to justify this. And also this world doesn't have Carol King in it then, which is all like, okay, that's weird. Yeah, like maybe it would have been funnier if she just like beautifully sang a catchy song mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, I'm just this person that, you know, fools around at a piano. I'm not a performer, but she actually is good and they all think she's bad because that's sort of the opposite joke of the Laurel, I think. I think I would have been OK with that. But like her singing one of her real songs is weird. Maybe they did it because not everyone knows that she's the singer of that song. So they like, right. had that to spell it out. Yeah. Like I probably wouldn't have known that. I know it now because I've deep dive the hell out of the show but like maybe i didn't at the time i want to stress too that we're comedians and we have taken excessive notes on this so it may seem like we're really tearing this apart but i have to say that this this part was like really weak and i did like a lot of this episode and we're tearing it apart i know but some of it needs to be torn apart and some of it was very very good there was a lot that we really liked i want to stress though this next part for instance is pretty funny lorelei leaves and she gets confronted by the actress violet I love this. Who's just like chain smoking, power smoking <laughs> cigarettes outside. We see her like throw one away and start a new one and just go hard on it immediately. And she's all like, I was in a play in Boston. Boston's a pretty big ass city. <laughs> yeah, because Laura like called her out during the note session. She's like, she wasn't even in Broadway. She was in like a traveling production of Kinky Boots. Yeah. And she must have overheard that. She's like, you don't like me, do you? She's like, I went on in Boston a lot. And Boston's a big ass town. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. People say I look like her. I don't know if I see it. Not in this. The more I see her, the more I'm like, yeah, you, this and this feature look similar. But I, I don't think anyone would confuse the two of you. I think when she looks happy, I look more like her. But she doesn't in a lot of this. Mm. The next day at the DAR, Emily is not super interested in the DAR meeting, it seems like. I love these DAR women. Yeah, you mentioned that. In the original series, we kind of saw a few of them more than once, and they felt a lot more cartoony, where these feel like the women that would be at this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing some changes in Emily. I think one is her disinterest in the DAR stuff, but a second one is that they're eating these puffs, and you know Emily loves salmon puffs. She's a puff fan. But they're like, what are these puffs? And she's like, oh, I don't know. They're just Berta puffs. Berta makes them for me. And she's like, you don't know what they are? She doesn't tell you? And she's like, oh, no, she tells me. I just, like, forget, I guess. I'm depressed. Yeah. It, part of me wonders if the show's not setting up that Emily's like going senile or something because oh. it's it's like there's a couple of things that are weird. And it might just be that she's depressed. But the fact that she doesn't even know what these are, that's so different than Emily, who's like so particular about everything. I also noticed that Berta's not wearing a maid outfit. She's just wearing a regular dress. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Just like interesting. I don't know that Emily was like demanding what they wear before. I feel like it just... Shows a level of comfort. I think old Emily would have made her change. Yeah. Rory shows up unexpectedly and Emily's like, oh, am I like losing my mind? Did you make an appointment? Not make an appointment. Losing my mind? <laughs> no, but she's like, oh, did I forget you were coming? Or he's like, no, this is a surprise visit. And then Emily just goes through a series of things that only worry Rory more. Like the fact that she's like, we've got Berta puffs in the fridge and mystery soup. What the, what? <laughs> and then she takes her into the, living room or drinking i don't know what room this is the drinking room the drinking room you know where they have drinks and there's a giant tv in there and rory's like what is going on she's like yeah uh berta and her cousins set this tv up in here for me so i could watch opera and stuff while i eat and she has like a little tv tray that she excitedly shows rory where she eats her dinners now which is not like emily at all 
No. You eat dinner at a big-ass table at 7 p.m., girl. Rory is worried. She's like, you need to, like, get out of the house and, like, go to the club. Emily's like, I don't even know if I have a membership there. She's like, you gotta go. Go talk to people. And Emily's like, okay, I guess I will. Then Rory leaves and calls Lorelai. Rory gets in a car, which is notable. Yeah, we gotta talk about that. Rory came in a car. Rory gets in a car. It looks to be her old Prius, unless she got a new rental one, but it is a Prius. Probably the same one she's had previously in the show. Put a pin in that. And Lorelai's like, well, whatever you said to Grandma must have worked, because she emailed me for once. Apparently, Richard's gravestone is messed up again. It's been messed up four times. The third time, it fell off the truck, so it might have been fine that time. Yeah, we hear that as, like, such a quiet joke off screen. Yeah. But yeah, it, mostly it's, like, punctuation problems with the quotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's supposed to be comma bikini. Mm-hmm. So the plan is for Lorelai, Rory, and Emily to go to the grave site when this new gravestone is revealed in a day or two. Rory pretty much has to, like, talk her mom into doing it. She's all like, you need to be there for Emily. Like, you, you pretty much have to do this. <laughs> Lorelai reluctantly agrees. Sometime later, Rory is at her new office at the Star Teller Gazette, and wouldn't you know it, Jess shows up. Hot as fuck, adult, muscled up Jess. He, he is more muscular. I don't exactly know what happened for him in those nine years, but... Protein. Yeah, something. <laughs> he, he changed something. His shirt is barely holding on to him. It is, that shirt is about to pop. He comes in, he's all like, hey, I'm here to meet up with Luke and save my mom and TJ from the cult they're in, that weird vegetable cult somehow that they got wrapped up in. And they start to catch up. Rory's like maybe a straight up alcoholic now. She's like, hey, let's have lunch and just pulls out that alcohol again and pours them uh, multiple shots. Yeah. Rory starts to break down here a little bit and just tells Jess that her life is a mess. She's like, I don't have a car. I don't have a license. I don't have any money. I don't have money to buy underwear. I don't have underwear. She goes on and on about being a failure and how other people can smell failure on her and how she couldn't even get the job she didn't even want to take. But notably, girl has a car. Yeah, she has a car. She had a car in the previous scene, and spoilers, she's going to have that same car in the next scene. She drove a car to Emily's in the first episode. If she is renting that car or borrowing that car, fine. That doesn't make sense because it's clearly her car from the series, but let's just assume it's something else. Why are you driving with no license, Rory? (laughs) She says she doesn't have a license? Yeah. Okay. She drives a lot. Well, you know, she gets all hopped up on her booze at work and then drives unlicensed someone else's car wherever she's going. Huh. She's also like, I'm broke. I have no money. Like, do you not have money? Well, this job doesn't pay. (laughs) Your dad is a millionaire. Your grandfather was like a millionaire. He didn't leave you anything when he died? This is interesting. Uh, Something that we have not talked about yet. Trix was going to leave them a ton of money, right? Yeah. Where's that? Where is this money? I think she did, like, go back on something she was going to give them in that episode. I'd have to look all this up. But, like, her dad, he would love to give Rory money. Richard just died and left Luke money. Yeah. He didn't leave any for Rory? His beloved granddaughter? There's no way he didn't leave her some money. I just don't. There's no way that Emily would let Rory live like this if she knew Richard had money left for her. No way. I think, like, in the case of Trix, maybe the trust was going to, like, come to fruition when she was 25 or something, but that's happened. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Everyone in her life is rich. Why doesn't she have any money? She'd go to her dad for two seconds. He'd be like, here's enough money to live off of. Can you call me dad once? (laughs) Like... (laughs) I could see her not wanting her dad to just, like, fund her life because she sort of takes pride about that kind of thing sometimes. Yeah. But she could ask him for some underwear money, right? 
<laughs> I, I feel like Emily and Richard have given her a car before. I feel like someone could gift this girl a car. I know she's got one already, but like... That's the other thing, too. She never paid for a car. She didn't pay for school. Oh, yeah. Like, what? how is she broke? Yeah, since she had no debt, she should at least have some money from the jobs she has had. Yeah, it's it's it doesn't make any sense. And it's one of those things about continuity that was just like, what are we talking about? Like, guys, you just showed her in a car. You just had a scene with her in a car. She's about to be in a car again. I just looked it up. Christopher inherits the money in season six. So Amy did that. So, yes, yeah. This, I guess you could argue that she's like playing up her destituteness for Jess, I guess. But it just seems like the writers forget stuff scene to scene. And there's going to be more. Also in this scene, she writes down, break up with P, which is that joke again. I, I hope Paul is just like sleeping around with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, and she's going to have to fake like, oh, no. Oh, no, I'm so upset. <laughs> Jess assures Rory that she's very talented. She's a great writer. But like all writers, she's just in a rut right now. It's natural. And she needs to write what she knows. What she should do is write a book about her and her mom. He's like, it's a cool story. You know it. You should do it. Because the writers love Jess, so do I. He just like sort of floats in and solves all of her problems. <laughs> just like, hey, I've got a two-minute scene with you. Here's everything you need. I'm the good guy. Bye. The show has rehabilitated Jess. He has a good printing press. He's not like super wealthy, but he's got an actual job now. But there is a funny line that I like from Esther, the woman who's like always filing. And Rory calls her on that too. Someone calls and she's like, can you answer that? She's like, I'm filing. She's like, you've been filing since I met you. <laughs> But when Jess comes in, she's like, I remember you, punk. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably how people remember Jess. He just seems like such a different man with this body. I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> You're just watching this scene while we do this over and over again? No, I don't have it up. No, she's a wallpaper now? <laughs> yeah, it's my background. Just a side by side. Both versions of him are great, handsome men. But it just it's like, it's weird that it's the same guy. Yeah. So Jess goes outside, hugs Luke. I love it. I love their bromance and then he throws his hat away yeah he's gotta be a bit of a punk he just like knocks the hat off. wait does he take his hat off and then like throw it to the side yeah to reveal luke's weird hair <laughs> he's probably like what are you doing here scott what is underneath this cap <laughs> no one believes this is your hair a week later lorelei is at emily's waiting for rory but rory's running late because she's got to steal a car <laughs> All of this is funny because while Lorelai's waiting outside, some of Berta's family has just started washing her Jeep. <laughs> like, how long has she been there that they just walk up like, we're going to wash this for you? She goes into the house and there's just a million of Berta's family fixing everything. As Berta leads Lorelai through the house, she's subtitled now so we can understand what she's saying. She's saying stuff like, my cousins are here. They have their own ladders. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> She also says some crazy stuff, like, Emily's so nice. She's, like, the nicest person I've ever met, which is, like, is Emily okay? That's not the Emily we know. Is Emily paying all these people? I mean, I would suspect so. I guess, theoretically, Emily had help that we didn't always see. Like, they talked right. about having a gardener, so, like, Well, maybe. there's a lot of help now. Yeah. But, like, every time we're at Emily's, there's people on ladders. Like, what is yet to be fixed that's high up? I don't think this is what happens, but it, there could be a world where we find out this family is, like, scamming her. Right. That's something I wonder, but I don't think it's the case. Because they do seem to be relatively helpful. Maybe we'll find out. That's, I don't know. 
I basically remember how it ends, and I I, I don't think that's the case, but th- there is a world where that happens. My suspicion is that Emily's going to come to to her old self and, like, fire Berta and all the people, and she's going to be like, that was fun. That'd be nice. Lorelai's led outside where she sees her mother, who seems to be a little bit more with it now, with her new boyfriend, Jack Smith. Emily never uses the word boyfriend, but... I mean, it's implied, I feel like. She yeah. says the word friend, but, I mean, that's we know what's going on. We already met Jack Smith at the service for Richard. He was one of the people who spoke. He's an old friend of Richard. He loves Richard. He's also very wealthy. And he struck up a conversation with Emily at the club, which Rory encouraged her to go to. And he's over there making drinks for all of them, having a good time. And Lorelai does not take this very well at all. She's like, who, who are you? What are you doing here? You know what's interesting? It's been a week. They gave us a time period marker. That isn't a ton of time for her to have gone to the club and found a man. But, I mean, she already knew this guy. Well, she probably said hello to him, and and, (laughs) then, you know, the rest is history. (laughs) But it's also interesting that they gave us a time marker because they they jump around in this. I mean, theoretically, all of these cover several months. Yeah. Or at least a month. That is true. They don't tell us how much time is passing generally. A week is I wonder why they chose to do that specifically. We talked about this a little bit about, you know, how quick they're together. But I feel like if you're older, both of them are older, widowed people, like you don't have a lot of time to fool around. And you also at this point kind of know what you're looking for. So it's not crazy to me that you're like, uh, maybe we should date. We'll see what happens. Like, and let's let's move quickly because <laughs> we don't have a lot of years left. But Lorelai's like, I need to get some water from the kitchen. I'll be back. So she goes in the kitchen, immediately calls Rory and is like, what the hell? This guy's here. Mom's got a new boyfriend and... He- He's probably a gold digger, blah, blah, blah. Then Rory says, oh, I'm sorry I'm not there. I told Emily I would meet you guys at the cemetery, okay? But in the previous scene, Emily says to Lorelai when she arrives, Rory didn't come with you? Now, if we find out later in the show that Emily, like, is losing her marbles and, like, is starting to lose her memory and stuff, oh, I'm fine with this. that's why you think that. I would be fine with that. It's not a continuity issue. That's just uh, we're setting something up. But I don't know that we're doing that. And Rory says, I told grandma I would meet you guys at the gravesite. So it's weird that Emily asked why Rory wasn't there. But then also when Lorelai's done on the phone, she says to Emily, Rory's going to meet us at the gravesite. So there's just, what the hell is supposed to be happening? I I wonder if Alexis didn't read her line wrong and they didn't have alternate footage, so they had to just keep it. Like maybe Mm -hmm. her line was, oh, can you tell grandma that I will meet you there? Or maybe Rory emailed Emily. She doesn't understand email. But that's another continuity thing in the same episode. Yeah. Maybe Rory's losing her mind. Yeah, maybe. She doesn't remember she's got a car. She thinks she's telling Emily things. She forgets to break up with her boyfriend of several years. I'm going to be honest, Lorelai is just freaking out about this new guy, really not handling it very well. Emily shows up, and Lorelai's kind of like, who's this guy? You're just like meeting some dude, hooking up, he's swooping in to pick you up, says he's dad's friend. Emily's like, he makes more money than me. It's not a gold digger situation. We've known each other for 30 years. We're both widowers. It's not that weird. He's just a friend. She stresses he's a friend, but like, I mean, I, I feel like we all know he's, he's on the path to being more than a friend. Lorelai's being a lot, and then she acknowledges she's being a lot. Yes. Yes. I will say, real quick, I think it's fine to be surprised and like a little nonplussed when you find out your mom is dating somebody. Sure. But I do feel like her like, I've got to excuse myself. Uh, There's a guy here who's not dad is all like very dramatic and too much. Mm -hmm. 
But like you said, she does acknowledge maybe I'm overreacting. And she says, maybe this is a good thing, which is also a little condescending, honestly, to say maybe it's a good thing. But Emily goes off the deep end now. Now she's the one that's like, oh, so you're just happy someone's coming in to take the responsibility off you so that you don't have to deal with me anymore. It's like, Emily, you uh, just be mad at her for the stuff that you should be mad at her for, (laughs) not for this other thing. Yeah, like she was not suggesting that at all. No. Emily also says, when's Luke going to get back to me about all those places we looked at with that real estate agent? She also keeps using the word partner. She's like, that partner of yours. I feel like she's using it like a slur almost. Yeah, she's like, do you and that partner of yours even talk? And Lorelai's, of course, like, wait, what? Like, he didn't mention He did mention it. I mean, yeah, we talk about it all the time. Emily's almost like, please. She's like, oh, he didn't tell you. Ha, ha, ha. There's trouble in paradise. Partner dice. (laughs) So they go to the gravesite. Rory shows up in her car. She's driving with no license in someone else's car that looks just like her old one. That's weird. I think this is a different day than she did the shots with Jess. Because I think this is after the one week later. Uh, Sure, but she had the car a week ago. (laughs) She lost it and then got it again. I know, but we were making the joke that she was driving around drunk in this car, too. Oh, sure, 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 yeah. They go to the new gravestone. Now, this is the fifth iteration. Uh, There was all kinds of punctuation issues. One fell off a truck. A guy named Stanley is there to show off the new, improved, perfect headstone. Also, maybe the fifth character this guy's played. Yeah, he's played so many characters. He's like a dialect coach or something in real life for the show. Yeah. He just plays random characters like he was a professor at some point. But this gravestone's also flawed. There's only a single quotation on each side of the quote. There should be double. So she's got to go talk to him for a while. She's like, how can you mess up five times? She's like, well, one did fall off the truck. (laughs) That does seem like an easy fix, though. Just add another quotation mark. Yeah, you can just put that in. Still. Because she said the last one had that right. So that is like a mistake. Like, who the fuck changed that? Yeah. Rory then starts to talk to her mom about her future plans. And she's like, hey, you know, what do you think about Queens? I'm thinking about moving there. She says, I want to get an apartment with a dedicated writing space and a bedroom, which is like, you want to get a two-bedroom apartment in Queens and you can't afford underwear? Yeah. I assume she thinks she's going to get, like, an advance if she can, like, pitch this book she's writing successfully. Yeah, I guess. It's just a... She's like, Queens is so much cheaper than Brooklyn. It's like, yeah, but it's not free and it's still way more expensive than anywhere else you're going to be living. That's going to cost her $2,000 a month. Yeah. Yeah. Second bedroom? Like, are you kidding? You could maybe get an efficiency. (laughs) Even seven years ago. I also want to point out, like, did you have trouble writing in Logan's place that didn't have a dedicated writing room? I bet it was like a super efficiency in that room. Well, it was big and nice and beautiful. Yeah. I want to say this is a little confusing because she's talking about Brooklyn. Then she's talking about Queens. And Lorelai is like, oh, you've got some project coming up. What's the secret Manhattan project? They're just like naming every borough of New York in this scene. Right. The Manhattan she's- project is referencing the nuclear program we had that was a secret. But it's just funny that she's talking about other boroughs and then she says Manhattan Project. She's like, actually, this is the Queens Project. But then Rory pitches her, I want to do a story about us. I want to write your story about having me and talk about like our life. And I think it's going to be good. Oh, by the way, after Jess pitched her the idea of writing a book about them, she like went through the old, what do you call those? Machines where you can look at old newspapers? Yeah, I for, yeah. I want to say rotoscope, but I think I'm making that up. That's, I think that's something. A thing. Oh, rotoscoping is like... When you color over stuff, right? That movie that you like. What's that called? Scanner Darkly. Scanner Darkly, where it's like animated with shit over it. Not shit, but like drawing. I can't think. It's it's on microfilm. I don't. Microfilm maybe is what I'm thinking of. 
Anyway, she like looks through that at old Stars Hollow newspaper articles and finds an article about Lorelai moving to town with a baby. I'm like, this was mm-hmm. news? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, front page news is a poem in Stars Hollow. <laughs> so, so she's telling her mom, I've got this idea. And surprisingly, her mother is not on board. She like pulls back. She's like, no, I don't, I don't, you can't. I don't give you permission to talk about my life. And she goes on to say, like, I went out of my way to like sort of present my life a certain way to everybody and like not showcase parts of my life that were embarrassing or I didn't want to talk about. At some point, Lorelai like left Rory in a bucket at a hardware store. That's an embarrassing story she doesn't want people to know. But Rory's like really pushing like, no, I need this. Mom, I need this. Give this to me. She says that out loud. She's like, give me this. She's very like forceful. She's like, I need it. Lorelai's like, no, write about Jess, write about Dean. And of course, Rory's like, Jess gave me this idea, which further sours it. <laughs> Lorelai's yeah. like, oh, Jess, cool. I'm not over that. This is so interesting. Like, Lorelai doesn't say why, really, other than she doesn't want this personal stuff out there. I mean, I think it's because Lorelai is pretty insecure about her current life. Mm-hmm. So, like, the world learning about how she got to this place that she feels is very bad is maybe not something she wants written down Mm -hmm. i also think it's not that big of a deal i don't know like she she did do a good job raising rory yeah i mean we've set up that like i think we've set up pretty well actually in this series this year in the life that exposing yourself warts and all isn't something that everyone can do like naomi was at first like yeah warts and all warts and all but then once you know we talked a little bit about those warts she's like no i don't want to do that anymore Likewise, Taylor was like, tell me everything, warts and all. But then it was like, when he starts to hear about the warts, he's like, you know, I don't love this. Like, I'll listen, but I, uh, no, I'm just kind of ignoring that part. Yeah. So I think the show is set up that, like, you know, some people don't really want everything exposed, even if they say they do. So Lorelai, in a sense, is being more honest by saying, you know, I don't want those things exposed. I'm not going to say yes and then later tell you no. I also get that Rory is, like, in a place of desperation and, you mm-hmm. know, she does love this idea and feels very inspired by it and is very used to getting what she wants for the most part. So to hear her mom say no is hard. But she's also like putting a lot of faith in this idea that this yeah. is like going to be the solution to all of her problems and she can get a two-bedroom totally. in Queens. Like, do, do you know that someone's going to buy it and pay you for it before you write it? Totally. Because like, she's like, what am I supposed to do? Just like get some job I don't want? I was like, yeah, maybe. And like write the book at night in your apartment in Queens that yeah, you Yeah, that can made afford. me upset. That made me uh, mad at Rory. Like, you're above getting a job and then working on this on the side until you make it? Like, that's what we all fucking do. What is this job she doesn't want? I don't think it's going to be McDonald's, you know? Like, she could probably get a fine job in New York Absolutely. She's got a degree from Yale. She can get a job that's not amazing, that pays pretty well, and she can, on the side, write this book. Then when the book sells gangbusters, as she clearly expects it to, then she can quit that job. Most people in New York have a full-time job and a whole side thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's pretty common. Yeah, I mean, the bigger the city, the, the more side things you have. Like, look at Logan. He's got a fiancé and a side thing. <laughs> <laughs> While Emily's away talking to the headstone guy, they just have, like, a big fight. It's unusual. They don't have a lot of fights, but Lorelai's not giving Rory what she wants. Rory's, like, demanding it because it's her whole purpose now. It's like when people move to New York, like, I'm going to make it big in a day, you know? <laughs> like, I'm going to be a comedian. It's like, well, it's going to be years if you want that. Rory's just like, this book will solve all my problems. I bet it will. So yeah. I, I don't know whose team I'm on here. I feel like Rory is putting, like you said, too much emphasis on this being the solution to every problem she has. But also, like, Lorelai, maybe it's not a big deal if your daughter writes a good book. and She's not going to make you to be a villain. It is, though, like, 
if Rory does get a job and writes on the side, she still can't write this story. So she does have to come up with like something else to write if she wants to mm-hmm. be a writer. So yeah. it, it is a roadblock either way. Yeah. So yeah, if I were her, I would want more of a reason from Lorelai, but I don't know. Lorelai's got to do some soul searching, which is, I think, where we're going. Lorelai's upset, and she goes to Luke's. Luke is, you know, in a pissy mood because of the whole therapy stuff and is being snippy, but she's being kind of ridiculous, trying to make coffee at, like, you know, 10 at night or whatever. Yeah, they're, like, closing down soon. She confronts Luke. She says, why didn't you tell me, Luke, that you went to all of these possible franchise locations with my mother? Like, why did you keep that from me? And then he comes back with, like, well, what about therapy? You've been going to therapy, quote-unquote? For how long now, even though you're not? You're telling me you're going there, but you're not. Why are you keeping that from me? She's all like suddenly like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And I I don't know why she kept that from Luke. Well, he specifically says like, your mom said you stopped going to therapy. So where are you going all those times you say you're going to therapy? And she's like, I am going to therapy. I'm just going alone. He's like, okay, yeah, I believe you. But it doesn't really seem like he does. I mean, I kind of said this last time. I think it's like, because she's talking about him. Yes, I see that. But I mean, she could be saying, like, I just feel like it's helpful. Like, she doesn't have to say, I go there and I talk about you, Luke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they suck at communicating their insecurities to each other. Totally. But there's so much this about, like, going to therapy and talking about Luke. Like, do you talk about Luke constantly? Luke has flaws. But I don't know that he has so many flaws that you need to talk about him at therapy for hours every time. If that's the case, then, like, something's wrong with Luke. Especially if you're not actively then coming to Luke and, like, talking about what you talked about at therapy. I think it could also just be like there's a stigma around therapy and if she can use the excuse that like her mom's making her go, yeah, like she's afraid Luke will judge her for going by herself just because there's a stigma around therapy in her mind. Sure. What I will say here though is that Luke doesn't handle his emotions very well and no. like him being snippy and passive aggressive is shitty. But I will say I, I get what he's been traumatized by Lorelai. They got into a fight once and she went and slept with Christopher. She also has kept stuff from him before. So why it's it's not crazy that he's worried that she's doing some other secret thing that could be bad for their relationship or for him. Maybe she's sleeping with Christopher again. Maybe she's sure. sleeping with Max Medina again. Or she's not sleeping with him yet, but she's having coffee with them. Maybe she's hanging out with Penelon Lott. You know, it could be any mm-hmm. of these people. So it's not surprising to me that this Luke, who's been traumatized, I can't imagine how traumatizing it is to always be worried that your fiance or your partner is going to go back to this old flame who desperately wants her. And she reassures you over and over again. No, you're the one. Forget that guy. You're the one. Then you have a big fight and she fucks the guy. And then she gets married to the guy. I can't imagine how insecure you might be then for the rest of your life with the same person. They assured you forever. They're not going. They want you. They don't want this old person. And then they go off and marry that person. Yeah, we didn't really see them work through all that, did we? (laughs) No. So it's not surprising that he's like, where have you been? Like, I would, he's probably like, you're probably seeing some old flame and maybe you think it's, you know, just having coffee, but it's, I'm afraid it's going to evolve in something else specifically because you're not telling me, you're keeping it from me. So I kind of get Luke's point of view. I will say, Luke, why didn't you be a big boy and just confront her about this earlier? Yeah, because it's been Maybe months at this point. That's the problem where it's like, Luke, I get why you feel this way. But after two therapies, you come to her and be like, hey, where have you really been going? You need to tell me. Why don't you feel comfortable telling me where you're going? And then she would be like, I'm going to therapy. I was embarrassed. Then he could be like, listen, I'm Luke. I love you no matter what. It's fine. You can go to therapy. Like, go for it. 
So I kind of on Team Luke here a little bit because like this dude's probably thinking she's cheating on him. Well, they have this huge giant fight in front of a bunch of diners. Yeah. Luke's like asking this guy if he wants anything else. And he's like, I actually would like a little coffee. (laughs) (laughs) He's so pissed about that. (laughs) Luke then goes on to say some stuff about how, you know, we struck a deal about keeping our lives separate. He says, I keep my crazy family away from you. You keep your crazy family away from me. You set this up where we live separate lives. We keep things separate. That is confusing because we have not seen that. It seems like news to her. Yeah. Because she's like, what are you talking about? How did that happen? He's like, you set it up. If anything, he set it up where Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm going to have April all to myself and you can't be part of that until I say. Yeah. This same episode, she, you know, which is like, I mean, two, three weeks ago at this point, she said like, hey, I'd love to chip in for April. He's like, no, 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 no. But. He's saying that she set this whole system up. We never saw that. She doesn't cop to that. So it's weird. It's weird to mention something we never saw. He obviously feels that way for some reason. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe it goes back to her being like, you don't need to deal with my mom. That's like my issue. Mm -hmm. So and and to be fair, you know, maybe we missed something where there was some line of dialogue in the previous two episodes. No, I, I think Luke is just confused. Yeah. But we don't really get resolution. She's like, when did that happen? He's like, "That's you set it up this way. And she doesn't say like, no, I didn't. You're just wrong. She kind of like, huh, what? But then he leaves saying, hey, I've got to leave right now because the muffins are going to burn. I have them in the oven at the inn because I'm doing this for you because the person that you hired quit because they were told that you treat everyone there poorly, all the kitchen staff. That line's important to me for a couple of reasons. I think it's like classic Luke where it's like, I'm mad at my girlfriend. I think my girlfriend might be cheating on me, but I'm always there for her. So I'm going to do all this for her, even though it's crazy work Mm -hmm. for me. And like, we're angry at each other, but I'm still there for her regardless of any of that. I'm not saying that everything Luke is doing is justified, but like, I kind of get his point of view. Yeah. The next day, Rory is at Lane's just spilling her guts about like her big fight with her mother and how she's never had a fight like that with her mother and how crazy her mom was being. Meanwhile, she just like keeps accidentally calling Logan out of habit and then hanging up right away when he answers. The reason that she's so freaked out about that is because, you know, his fiance might answer his cell phone, I guess. I don't know. Well, that would make sense. Yeah. I mean, your phone would have to ring a lot of times for me to pick it up. Yeah. And we've been together a long time. Yeah. Like every a, a text would be more dangerous because a text might pop up that you could see that would be like, I uh, love your dick or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dot, dot, dot. Love you, Dick. IDK. <laughs> she calls Logan three times. I feel like it's too much. Like, I don't believe she would accidentally call Logan three times while she's talking to Lane. No, not when you're in the middle of talking to someone. That's a weird time to make a phone call, for one. Yeah. Logan ends up calling back and demands to talk to Rory because Lane answers. And he says to Rory, like, hey, like, talk to me. What's going on? And she's like, we're breaking up. I guess we're not breaking up because we were nothing. And it's like, again, why are you mad at Logan? Like, you were consenting to this for the longest time. But Rory, I think, in this scene, maybe calms down a little bit and maybe starts to see her mother's point of view. I'm not sure that she does. There's kind of a funny moment when she's freaking out while she's trying to call Logan. Lane offers her Zach's Lipitor. Which is like a cholesterol drug. Which is kind of funny because then Logan's like, yeah, I heard about your cholesterol problem, Rory. (laughs) (laughs) Lane has a pretty funny rant because she, like, takes the phone at some point and is, like, not letting Rory talk to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know what what Libertor is doing to Zach. Yeah, I don't either. 
Rory, after the phone call, kind of collapses onto the couch, but she sits with her feet, like, in the opposite direction of her legs, and it drives me nuts. It didn't bother me, but, like, every time, you know how I made that sound during the musical? You were making this sound. <laughs> like, oh, his feet. I'm just surprised they weren't like, uh, I mean, I guess your body could do that, but it just doesn't look natural. <laughs> Can we try that sit again, Alexis? But the phone call ends with Rory being like, well, then I guess we're breaking up. But we can't break up because we're nothing. And then she faints on the couch with her hand to her head. I mean, I get being upset about it. Like, they love each other so much. But it's like, this needs to be a different conversation than what it is. You can't be mad at him for marrying his wife when you knew he had that. If he was, like, lying to you about how serious he was with this woman, sure. You know, if he's like, I don't know if it'll go through. She, I'm going to break up with her anytime now. In 10 years, maybe we'll get married. We'll see. I hope this falls apart. But we're not learning that that's true. Totally. Lorelai gets a phone call, a voicemail from Taylor, saying he went on a retreat with Nat. Just the two of them, I guess. And they wrote one more song. Maybe there were others, you know, other older gentlemen and their Brooklyn love boys (laughs) on a Broadway retreat. He's reluctantly offering her the chance to come watch this one last song they've added. Before we get into that, one thing that bothers me is this guy, Donald, the town gay man, he also loves the musical. I don't buy that he would. If Lorelai's seen Kinky Boots twice, this guy's seen it three times. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I just, I feel like he would yeah. enjoy a good musical because they've set him up as like that type of gay man. Sure, yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's a new song. So Lorelai, surprisingly, goes to this musical, and it's a beautiful song about roadblocks. It's, it's a fantastic. She loves it. It speaks to her soul. But then the funny part is as soon as it's over, you know, the rest of the musical advisory board is all like, this sucks. We got to cut this. <laughs> like, what a bore. I love that so much. Can, can we talk about the song? It's great. Yeah. It's performed very well. Oh, my gosh. Lauren Graham. Lauren Graham's face. She is feeling it for realsies. Yeah. No, it's a beautiful song. It's touching. And this woman is singing like exactly what she's thinking right now, essentially. Yeah. She's singing about how she might be alone with her dog. And yep. I don't know what this has anything to do with Stars Hollow at all, but like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's enjoyable this is to probably watch. what Nat was thinking every moment he's alive. Oh. <laughs> Taylor's like, fine, we'll put the song up. <laughs> but yeah, it ends with Babette being like, now that's a cut. <laughs> Gypsy being like, what a bore. So funny that it's totally a gorgeous song and they hate it. So invigorated by the song, spoken to by the song, Lorelai then goes home to talk to Luke, who's fixing a shelf. Because I feel like that's what he does when he's upset. He focuses on things he can fix. She comes in. She's like, I got to tell you something. I'm going away for a while. He's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I'm going to go wild. He's like, please explain for me and the audience. What the hell is you got a wild? She is going to wild like the book, which I guess is to hike some trail. I didn't write the name of the trail down, but it's a real long one. It's in the Pacific Northwest, I think. That's all I remember. She's going to hike some crazy trail and like she's going to cook her own food and like boil her own water. He's like running through the list of things she has to do. He's like, it's outside. It, it's, it's outside. There's bugs. There's dirt. There's sticks. She's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. And he's like, why are you doing this? And she's like, because it's never or it's now. And then she leaves and it's the end of the episode. Which is a quote from the song she just listened yes, to. Yes, And the woman like basically pointed her and told her that. So how do we interpret this ending? I think that literally everything in her life right now has fallen apart and she's very lost. And she wants some time to figure things out or what she should do next. 
and she, you know, has half read this book and she is like, I don't know, I'll try that. I got to get out of here because literally everyone is upset at me right now. Mm. You? So I feel like that's the way we're supposed to interpret it, I think. But for me, part of me wonders if this isn't more about, you know, when Lorelai gets overwhelmed in her life or doesn't know what to do, I feel like we've seen she just runs away. When she was going to get married to Max and called it off, she just like left town, went to some random hotels. When she broke up with Christopher, she like took Rory in a, like a long, aimless car drive. She ran away from Luke to Christopher. Yeah. She ran away from her parents' house when she had Rory. Yep. I think she has a history of when she gets overwhelmed and her life doesn't know what to do. She just sort of runs away from her problems. And you could argue that she's like needs some time to think about stuff. And maybe that's how she justifies it to herself. But I just feel like this this wild thing is just so random and is such an antithesis of who she is as a person. And Luke points that all out. Like, you're going to have to do all these things. These are things you hate, but also things that, like, I don't know that you are capable of even doing. Which, to me, seems less like, oh, no, I'm going to be a bold person that's, like, forging my own path. And more like, a, you're doing something stupid that you haven't thought through. You're doing something impulsive, which makes it feel more like running away than taking time to figure stuff out. Yeah, I, that's why I wish we would have had, like, one line. Of her by the pool talking about the book, like something from the book spoke to her or at some point she's reading this book because like you may have not even noticed she was reading it. Yep. Again, I would be fine with this is about like learning stuff about herself if there was some more dialogue to back that up. But we don't have that. And it's sad to just view it the way I'm viewing it, which is just Lorelai running away again. I think it's both. I think she's in a rut and that's how she solves her problems. Mm. And it's. She has no other men to run away to and no Rory to go on a road trip with. What's she going to do? Run to some other inn and start working there as a maid? Like, you know, she's out of places to run to. Yeah, I mean, I think that you can argue that this is just such a different thing than her life that it is like, I just need to be out of my life right now and in a different one to like get perspective. But I think Amy wanted to include the subject of wilding because it was maybe popular at the time. That's Mm. probably why. (laughs) This makes me wonder, I think, if I'm being honest with you, I think I can guess the last four words of the show. You've set that up that there's four famous words the show ends on. I think I know what they are. Mm-hmm. If I can guess them, will you tell me that I'm right? You have to get them exactly right. Okay, but if I get them right, you will tell me because I think I actually have them. Okay, if you get them exactly right. Okay, so I think the last four words are, I wilded, you wilded. Who's going to say them? She's saying that to Rory, and then Rory says, you wilded. None of those are exactly right. Okay, so it's something like that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. But I'm glad I wilded. <laughs> Good sure. thing you wilded. Any of these? No, none are exactly, exactly right. Oh my God, you're splitting hairs is clearly one of those. So, Stacey, do you think this was a good episode of Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life? You know, the things that I knew people didn't like about this one were obviously the musical and mm-hmm. the the body shaming. Yeah. Which were annoying. And, you know, we discovered a whole other bunch of things wrong with it, too. Like It just doesn't make sense that Rory's in the money. It doesn't make sense that Rory's so upset about Logan. But as with all of A Year in the Life so far, it still is enjoyable. There's really funny stuff. There's a lot of really good jokes. It's well made. Like, it's it's beautiful. There's a lot of fun in it. It's still fun to be back in that world and, like, expand it 
I mean, having the pool was fun. Like, having a new location where the town gathers was cool. It was a great town meeting. Like, there's definitely moments in it that, I mean, I laughed out loud a lot. Mm -hmm. And the fights were good, even though they're sort of flawed. Like, why aren't you guys talking about this stuff? Or you're being a lot about your mom, Lorelai, or Emily. Just, that's not what Lorelai meant. Chill. Right. Those scenes are all still, like, well acted. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's flawed, but it was still enjoyable. Mm -hmm. That's how this whole thing is to me. (laughs) Like... It's it's like a bummer how much stuff there is to pick apart because there is a lot of greatness in it as well. Yeah. But I don't think I'm alone. I think everyone has very mixed feelings about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And some people even just hate it overall. There's very few people that like think this was a masterpiece. And I think you're starting to see why. Yeah, I do think there are good things. And specifically the humor, I think, is just as fresh as ever. It's very, very funny throughout. Mm-hmm. Laugh out loud moments. You got to give it that. And there's other good stuff, too. But there, there's just the continuity in this episode alone. It's like, what was happening, guys? Like, someone's got to be on top of that. Do you have any actual predictions for how this might wrap up? For the show? Yeah, yeah I mean, you can I take do. a stab at the final four words for real. But just, you know, storylines in general. I predict that Luke and Laura and I are going to get married. I just feel like that's what we're sitting on. We haven't done it off screen, so we could do it on screen. And so my real prediction for the last four words are, I do, I do. Noted. I just feel like that's a big offer, and that would be a cool ending to the show. I think another, I don't, this is not a prediction, but I would like it if the last four words were Rory turning to Lane and Zach and saying to Lane, you can do better. But I don't think that'll be it. Uh, Other (laughs) prediction. (laughs) If you don't know what we're talking about. Amy Sherman Palladino always had in mind how she was going to end the show with four specific words. Since she did not end the show, she now was able to end the show with those words. And these are apparently the ones she always meant to do. Interesting. Well, I'm pumped to find out what they are. Who knows if the context is the same, but... Other predictions are, I don't know, like, her and Logan, I don't... I wonder if she'll get together with Jess. I don't... I I feel like the show isn't really setting up that they will... But, like, I feel like it could happen because he's in town and she did just break up, quote unquote, with Logan. Yeah, those, those are my only predictions, really. I don't I don't know what else there would be to say. What about Emily? I think I think she might. I think she's going to wake up from her, like, weird stupor and, like, maybe fire all her maids and go back to old Emily. I could see Lorelai and Emily making up somehow. I don't know how. Maybe she'll. I, I can't think of anything. But I feel like she'll somehow make things right with Emily. At least, like, right enough that they could go back to being, like, casual enemies. I think Emily will get pregnant with Jack's baby. Wow. That's... <laughs> okay. Those the last four, is, that, is that the last four words? Jack got me pregnant. <laughs> Jack got me pregnant. She just always wanted Jack, some guy named Jack. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know who it'll be, but... It was supposed to be Lane getting pregnant again, but... By someone better than Zach. <laughs> it's going to be a guy <laughs> named Jack. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's those are my predictions. I can't really think of anything else that would be... Uh, I, I do think Lorelai and Luke will make amends, and that'll be good. I, I feel like they'll get married. I feel like that's a big offer. Oh, I think Dean will be in the next episode. I've told you Dean shows up. I know, so he, I, that's a prediction that will come true. Yeah, I will say there's quite a few people we have not seen yet that we will still see. Fall is the highest rated episode of the four on IMDb. It's got an 8.8. That's pretty good. Yeah. The original run of Gilmore Girls has an 8.2 on average. So 8.8 is pretty good. Yeah. Summer is 7.4. Spring is 7.9. And winter is 8.1. So it's the highest by far. There's a lot of great stuff in this last one. 
It's a little longer than the other three. This is it, Brian. You're going to have seen all of Gilmore Girls. Well, then we got to move on to the comics. Yeah, it's, you the might have Gilmore to write comics. them. <laughs> I don't know. We could read some fanfic aloud on the air, I guess. I have another theory now that I'm thinking about this. Okay. I wonder if Rory will get her mom's permission to write the book. And what if all of Gilmore Girls is the book? That would justify why everything is so like magical at sure. times. Because it's a book. It's not real. It's like, you know, embellishing Kirk or whatever. Maybe Kirk had 10 jobs or something. And she left in the part where she sleeps with Dean? Where Rory sleeps with Dean? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I, it warts and all, right? Sure, yeah. Like the warts Dean gave her from yep. Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay showed up with warts somehow. Yeah, well, you know, spend that much time with Beef. <laughs> <laughs> beef was the guy she dated in high school. <laughs> I dated a guy named Beef, got warts. You know the story. It's classic tales all the time. We put on some Matchbox 20 and got wild. <laughs> I also predict we're going to hear warts and all at some point in the last episode. <laughs> warts and all. Hashtag beef. Those are the final four words. <laughs> Hashtag isn't a word, so yeah. All okay. right. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys want to follow along next time, we'll be reading the Buffy comics. I know there's no Gilmore comics. The Buffy comics issues 21 through 30 of season eight. Interspersed with some of the one-off issues that are technically also part of season eight. Again, I'm going off of a list I found where someone suggested the best way to read all these so we're going to be doing 21 through 30, like Brian said, but we'll also be reading Harmony Bites, Vampy Cat Playfriend, Tales of the Vampires, Harmony Comes to the Nation, Carpe Noctum, which is a two-part short, and Always Darkest. I can post the specific order we're going to be doing that in, because those are kind of between some of the numbered ones, if you're trying to follow along in the order that we are. And we've already said this previously, but uh, the comics are pretty fun and interesting, and I feel like they're worth your time if you can get a hold of them. I would definitely give them a, a read. I'm enjoying them. Even though yeah. they get a little weird sometimes, they do some really cool stuff, and they definitely catch the vibe of the show. And I'm not a comic book person, so I had to like kind of figure out how comic books work at first, but they're, they're fairly easy to follow. Yeah, I think you do need to learn sort of how to read the bubbles. I think they try to show them in a way that the, the order of them. Yeah, occasionally I'm like, oh, 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 yeah, the up, down, sideways, uh-huh. It, it makes it pretty obvious, though. Yeah. A lot of harmony in this section, it seems. <laughs> yeah, totally. And cats. In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode of Gilmore Girls, Summer. Like, what was going on with Rory's rant about stuff that's just not true? Was that just a writing error? Was she trying to make Jess feel bad for her? What do you think? Who do you think is right in the Luke and Laura life fight? How do you feel about Emily dating Jack? Who do you think is right in the Lorelai-Rory fight? What's going to be the next mistake on the next headstone for Richard? Tell us all your thoughts on the musical. You can reach out by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post interactive questions, comedy sketches, and more. Or you can send us an email at brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. That's Brian with a Y and Stacey with an EY. For more bonus content, you can find us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Stacy, where we post weekly video recaps of Angel, host monthly live stream watch parties, post monthly podcast outtakes, and share early extended episode previews. For more Brian and Stacey content, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel called Brian and Stacey. If you want to support our content, you can do so by making a donation of your choosing via the link found at the bottom of our episode description or in our social media bios. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and we'll give you a shout-out in an upcoming podcast. This is it, Brian. One more Gilmore. Is it time to wild? Yeah. Do you know what that means other than what we've learned from the show? Like, No. I think it's for women. 
I've also seen the episode, so I have some idea of what's about to happen. Can men not wild? I don't know. That's a great question. Um, let's Google it. Okay, I'm getting some weird results here. I don't know if I want you to see Can men wild? Drive men wild by wearing these five things on a first date. Four phrases that drive men wild in bed. Uh, you can keep those tabs up if you want can to. Can a man sense that a woman is wild in bed before dot, dot, dot? So I would say... You might, you might want to read those. Yes, it might but be you have stuff. <laughs> but you have to read some articles beforehand. Well, got some reading to do. See you guys. Bye.